This podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode to learn more about how you can join me for these live virtual events. Welcome to the Virtual Healing Circle with me, Jen Fable of LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight I want to talk to you about how to heal through shame. Most of us wear our shame like this heavy, heavy cloak of darkness that drags us down. And we don't think about how we can actually use it as a jumping off point for our healing. And so tonight my job is to introduce you to what shame is and how you can start to use this as a conduit for change and growth in your life. So why is this important? This is important because shame has become an epidemic in our society, now more so than ever. And so many of us wear it like the security blanket. And the problem is we don't even know that this is what we're doing. This is important because a lot of us attempt to use shame as part of our motivation strategy, which is not only ineffective, but it can be very dangerous. And this is important because without this information, truly, self-destruction is your only option. Now, when it comes to shame, I am by no means an expert. I have walked the path of shame in my own journey many, many times, but I always like to present more information than just my own personal perspective. And so a lot of the information from tonight is inspired by and comes from the work of Brene Brown. Brene Brown is a research professor at the University of Houston in Texas. She has studied courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy for a little over 20 years and has multiple New York Times bestselling books. Her Netflix special, Call to Courage, is fabulous. And her TED Talk, which is called The Power of Vulnerability, is the most watched TED Talk of all time. It is absolutely beautiful. What I love about Brene Brown is she walks the walk. She talks about vulnerability, and she also shares herself from a place of vulnerability. And so a lot of the information from tonight comes from there. So if you wanted to go deeper with any of this, I highly recommend checking out any of her work. She's got tons of articles online, YouTube videos, lots of great stuff. So if we're going to talk about shame, let's first talk about its cousin, guilt. Because a lot of us aren't really sure what the difference is between them. So guilt is that feeling of psychological discomfort that we get when we've done something that's objectively wrong. For example, let's say we're out somewhere and I step on your foot and I hurt you. And objectively, I know it's wrong to hurt people. And so I feel bad. I've hurt someone. And so guilt is meant to let me know that I need to make amends. We are pack animals. It is very important to our relationships that we have some sort of a feedback device that lets us know that we've harmed another person outside of us and that we need to make amends to keep the pack together. And so guilt is adaptive. Guilt is helpful. Guilt is a feedback mechanism to help us navigate our interpersonal relationships, to let us know, oops, I did something that's not in alignment with my own values. I haven't lived up to the standards I've set for myself. And guilt is what prompts us to say sorry, to say I've made a mistake, which is part of the glue that holds relationships together. Shame, on the other hand, is useless. Shame is that intensely painful feeling that we think we are fundamentally flawed. Where guilt says, I stepped on your foot and I know I'm a good person and I'm sorry because as a good person, I don't want to hurt people. Shame says, I stepped on your foot. That must mean I'm a terrible person who likes to hurt people. 
Shame is turned on self. Shame has no biological purpose. Its only use was likely to shun people who were a threat to the community because they weren't compliant. Shame is how we get compliance. Shame is how we get control. If you want a society to look to you for power, to look to you for answers, tell them that they're not good enough to know it themselves. So shame is a way to get control. Shame is the way to keep you the victim and keep you powerless, which means it only leads to self-destruction and its only purpose is really self-flagellation, self-punishment, to berate ourselves for not living up to impossible standards. Shame is also way too painful to be motivating, which is why you should not be using this as a motivation strategy. I hear so many people do this, where we want to go on a diet, we want to change what we eat, we want to start to exercise, we want to drink more water. Instead of using the buoyance of our worthiness to get us to that change, we shame ourselves. Oh, I'm just such an idiot. I'm such a pig for wanting to eat that Oh, I can't tell you how much that hurts my heart when I hear people say that. We berate ourselves, we shame ourselves for our humanity, and we think that that's going to push us towards change, and it doesn't. It doesn't work, and yet so many of us use this. We wrap ourselves in this security blanket of shame, thinking it's keeping us safe, when all it's doing is helping us stay isolated, and then we wonder why we feel lonely. So the difference between guilt and shame is the difference between saying I did something bad versus I am bad. And that's a very big difference. Now, according to Brene Brown, there are really only three responses to shame. Either we move towards it, we move away from it, or we move against it. When we move towards shame, that's where we get into people-pleasing. That's where we think that in order to convince ourselves that we're worthy and to make up for the depth of the horribleness of who we are, that we have to appease others. This is where we get to this idea of martyrdom. I have to sacrifice myself for others to appease them, to please them, to try to ease my discomfort at the shame I feel for not trusting that I am enough. We can move away from shame. This is where we don't, you don't talk about it. You don't talk about it, you stuff it down, you hide it, you shove it down, and you disappear into your own life. So you don't acknowledge that it's even there. And the problem is, is that when you hide one emotion, you tend to hide them all. So if we have a lot of shame in our life, chances are we're not also experiencing joy. Or we can move against it. This is where we use shame and aggression to fight back. This is that tit for tat. You shamed me, I will shame you. If you want to see an example of this, go into any message board on Facebook right now and people are just shaming each other. They're going against it. They're feeling shamed for their own decisions and rather than allowing themselves to honor their own decisions, they fight back, they attack. So if we know that shame is toxic, if we know that it is useless, what is it that keeps it stuck? Why is it still here? It's secrecy. It is silence and it is judgment that allows shame to fester and grow. When we won't talk about it and we keep silent, when we hide it from others, when we judge ourselves for feeling it and for being human, for not being perfect, this is the water that allows the seeds of shame to grow. Which means that by definition, shame requires you to completely abandon yourself. Which is why it's so dangerous. Now, if you're using this to motivate yourself, if you're using this on your path to change, 
this is why you're getting stuck. You cannot walk the path of growth and change while wrapped in the security blanket of shame because you cannot be yourself. You cannot be authentic. You cannot hold on to shame and still maintain authenticity because by definition, it is the hiding, it is the silence, and it is the judgment that keeps the shame in play. So the answer to shame is vulnerability. And this is why we resist so much. So learning how to cultivate vulnerability is how we bring the shame into the light. It is the path to healing. So what is vulnerability? Vulnerability is having the courage to show up, to be seen, to be heard, even when you can't control the outcome. Every type A person just cried a little. (laughs) And what I love about Brene Brown is when she talks about vulnerability, she talks about how they've done studies. And when they are studying vulnerability, what they actually figured out was that they were really studying courage. When you see someone acting courageous, And you're like, wow, that was so courageous what they did. I promise if you go talk to them, they did not feel courageous or brave. Courage feels like vulnerability. And vulnerability feels like a mixture between excitement and fear all at the same time. So if you're attempting to walk the path of change and expecting to feel comfortable when you're not being vulnerable, chances are you're hiding in some shame. I love this quote by Winston Churchill. Courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. And courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen, to receive, to be vulnerable, to be open to feedback, to be open to new ideas, to share who you are, even if it's not accepted by others. It's not fear that gets in the way of our courage. It is the armor that we wear. It is the shame that we hold on to that keeps us hidden, that keeps us thinking that we're safe when all it's doing is keeping us isolated. And so the antidote is to stay curious, to cultivate curiosity in your life. The path to vulnerability and the path out of shame is curiosity, which we all have. You're all here to learn more because you have curiosity. And so we know this is already an innate part of you. How do we hone it? to build our relationships with ourselves and with others. And what Brene Brown talks about is this idea of rumbling. So a rumble is a discussion. It's a conversation. It's a meeting of a mind that is defined by a commitment to lean into your vulnerability. It's about making a decision to stay curious and generous with yourself and with the people around you. How often do you feel your emotions and accept them with curiosity and generosity? And how often do you shame yourself for feeling sad, for feeling angry, for being human. Rumbling is about willing to be messy, to problem solve and to show up even when you want to run and armor up. Remember, vulnerability feels like equal parts excitement and fear. And that's how we cultivate courage in our life. Rumbling is about listening with the same passion with which we want to be heard. All of us yap all the time. I want to be heard. I want to be seen. How good are you being at seeing and hearing the people in your life? Are you showing up with courage even when you want to run? So how to actually effectively rumble. And of course, this all comes from Brene Brown's work. And she offers some suggestions for how to get conversations started in a way that opens up curiosity, opens up generosity, and allows us to be vulnerable and show up with courage in our life as opposed to hiding in shame. 
So the first one is to say, the story I make up is, or the story I tell myself is. So if there's someone in your life and they are doing something and you as a result feel hurt, and you say to them, you do that and it makes me feel hurt, or you make me angry. Being vulnerable means owning that it's your own emotion that may have been set off by this person, but that it's not their responsibility to fix. So rumbling in this case is about acknowledging that the story that you tell yourself is the problem. The problem is never the problem. The story you tell yourself about the problem is the problem. So starting off by saying the story I'm telling myself is. This allows you to share a piece of yourself. It's very vulnerable, which means it's very courageous. You can start by saying something like, I'm curious about. I'm curious about what's going on in your head when you don't text me. I'm curious about what's going on in your head when you leave the dishes by the sink. Asking this question allows you to open up space for them to answer you, for them to be vulnerable. It is allowing you to show up with curiosity and generosity. Tell me more. I love this one. Tell me more. When someone says, oh, I went to the movies the other day. <gasps> Tell me more. Tell me more about what's going on in your head. Tell me more about what's going on in your life. This allows people to be seen and heard. How good would it feel to be on the receiving end of this? Someone says, tell me more. It shows that they're interested. It shows that they're curious. It shows that they're hearing you and seeing you. And so using this as a prompt in your conversations allows you to offer that gift to the people in your life as well. I like this one. That's not my experience. If someone says something that you don't agree with, you can argue and fight to see who's right and get into a power struggle. And when we get into a pissing contest, we just end up all covered in pee. <laughs> not very much fun. Or you can respond with, that's not my experience, which allows you to bring your experience into the conversation. It allows you to be generous with your vulnerability. It allows you to be courageous. I'm wondering... I'm wondering is such a great start to a conversation. It's what John Gottman, who is a researcher on relationships, calls a soft startup. I'm wondering, as opposed to, why did you do that? <laughs> it allows you to get into a conversation. It allows you to bring your own soul into that conversation. It allows you to show up in a very different way. So it's a really fun one to experiment with. Help me understand. That's such a good one to use, especially with kids. Help me to understand what's going on for you right now. I see you crying. I see you're sad. Help me understand. That allows you to open up space for the other person's vulnerability, to inspire courage in them. What's your passion around this? Very similar to tell me more. It allows you to connect with another person. Oftentimes, and I'm sure you've all heard this before, we don't listen to understand, we listen to respond. While the other person's talking, we're thinking about what we want to say, and holla, I'm terrible at this one still. This is still a work in progress on my path. So listening and then asking, what's your passion around this, allows you to go deeper with the other person, which is how we foster connection, and connections will feel vulnerable. This is why we armor up with shame. And finally, tell me why this doesn't fit or work for you. This is so great. It allows you to get some feedback from the other person. Instead of, you're wrong. You're wrong, I'm right. Now let's argue about it. Tell me why this doesn't work for you. This allows you to become part of the same team. Instead of both on opposing forces, battling back and forth, we're going to be on the same team. So tell me why this doesn't work for you. 
let's figure this out together. That is showing up from a place of vulnerability. That is showing up from a place of courage, of being willing to ask the question and connect. And the more you do this, the more you rumble, the more you bring in the light. And since it is darkness that allows shame to fester, the antidote is to bring in the light. So some key concepts to remember. Remember that shame is pointless and it serves only to keep you stuck and the victim of your life circumstances. Stop thinking that you're a better person for hurting yourself. Stop talking about yourself as if you suck. Stop calling yourself an idiot when something doesn't go the way you wanted it to go, but instead ended up how it was meant to be. Remember that learning how to be vulnerable, to share all of who you are without the armor of fear, is how we learn to live our worthiness. We all make vision boards and do manifestations and do meditations to access our worthiness. But if you're still calling yourself an idiot in your head, you are not living your worthiness. Showing up with vulnerability, showing up with curiosity and generosity and courage is how you actually live your worthiness. And remember that being perfect is not the goal. Being human is the goal. And as always, I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. Vulnerability feels vulnerable. Vulnerability doesn't feel courageous. It is an act of courage that will be seen as courageous from those around you. And it feels vulnerable. It feels simultaneously exciting and terrifying. So just decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. And that's always the decision that keeps you moving to the light. And as always, if you have any questions about anything from tonight's circle or podcast, please know you can always reach out to me through my website at www.livelifeunbroken.com or through email or through social media. Uh, I was wondering when you said um, we can use shame as a jumping off point for healing, uh, in what way would you do that? By recognizing where we are keeping it hidden and by being willing to be vulnerable instead. If you are constantly berating yourself, thinking that that's going to motivate you, you can either use that as a place to get stuck, or you can recognize what you're doing and bring in some vulnerability, start to bring in some curiosity. It is the vulnerability and curiosity that is the antidote to shame. And so mm. learning how to bring that in is the jumping off part. Courage does not feel courageous. Courage feels super, super, super vulnerable. So if you are not feeling that in your life, check. That's part of the jumping off point. If you are feeling comfortable, if you're always looking for comfort on your journey, then chances are there's some shame that's getting stuck. Bring in the light. Bring in the courage. Bring in the vulnerability. Be willing to show up. Be willing to fall down and get up again. Be willing to do it wrong without berating yourself for not being perfect. How many of us won't even take the first step until we know exactly how to do it to make sure we do it right. That's shame. I can't do it wrong because that will mean. Um, could you say more about that, about um, comfort? This is an indication that, uh, you're, that, that you're operating from shame because of, yeah, that's, that's certainly an issue for me is just trying to be comfortable all the time. Yes, yes. Well, if vulnerability feels partially terrifying and partially exciting, nowhere in there is comfort. Okay. So if you're feeling comfortable, then you're not being vulnerable. 
not feeling comfortable, but always trying to be. Always aiming for comfort. And comfort yeah. comes from, I have to do this right, because if I get it wrong, that means. And then we tell ourselves a story. And it's that story that's probably not an empowering story. If I get this wrong, it means this isn't meant for me. I'm not good enough. I shouldn't try anymore. It's not worth it. And we go into that cycle. That's what shame sounds like in our head. I can't do this. It's fine for everyone else. It's not good enough for me. There must be something wrong with me. And so we stick to comfort. We're like, I'm not going to change that. I'm going to stick with what's comfortable, with what I know, which is not always the good stuff. Dysfunction gets comfortable after a while. Mm -hmm. Right? And so if we're looking for comfort, then chances are we are hiding somewhat in our shame. If we are looking for vulnerability, if we are looking to be courageous, to show up, to feel the fear and do it anyways, to be willing to fall down, so that we can get back up. It is in getting back up that we learn that we are strong enough to get back up. We like to skip that part because we don't like it and we use it as a way to keep ourselves hidden in shame. Does that answer the question? Yes, thank you. That's a great question. Do you want to learn more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time? If so, check out livelifeunbroken.com slash circle and join my free circle membership. Receive weekly reminders, bonus material and recaps, plus special offers, as well as access to my weekly virtual healing circles. If you're ready to leave behind the fears and limitations of the ego and step into the spiritual life you've long known is waiting for you, you're invited to join me, Jen Fable, for a soul-nourishing journey into the exploration of you, the universe, and all space in between. Take control of your spiritual journey to attain a new level of understanding and connection to yourself and the people in your life. During our time in Circle Together, I will share with you all the tips and tricks you need to make playing with energy fun, easy, and most of all, effective. Together, we'll learn how to cultivate our inner compass to enable us to walk our path with grace and ease. We'll open the space with a candle meditation and after I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation, and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If your soul has been calling out to you and you're ready to tune in and listen, go to www.livelifeunbroken.com circle and register today for your Zoom access information. That's www.livelife U-N-B-R-O-K-E-N dot com backslash circle C-I-R-C-L-E. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next time.